Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Ruby. We are two hot perimenopausal mindset coaches with a burning desire to help working women across the globe think differently about menopause. There is another way. It's mindset over menopause. Co-authors of the Working Women's Guide to Menopause, When the Heat is On, Don't Sweat It, we're delighted to bring you our bite-sized podcast show, Mind Over Menopause. On the show, we share stories from other women going through one of the three stages of menopause, peri, menopause, and postmenopause. Grab a cuppa and listen to their story. Hello, I'm Gail Gibson. And I'm Ruby McGuire. Welcome to our podcast, Mind Over Menopause. The weekly show is filled with real-life stories about women like Ruby and myself who are navigating the menopause journey with a positive mindset. Today's guest is Philippa Butler. So hi, Philippa, and welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, Gail and Ruby. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Lovely to have you. So let's kick off then, Philippa, with just getting you to tell us what you do, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, I'm a chartered physiotherapist by profession. It's all I ever did from being the age of 18, so quite a long time now, actually. Um, And on my way, uh, always movement was the thing that I did for myself uh, to keep myself healthy, mind, body, spirit, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, and so on, on my journey, I ended up training to be a Pilates teacher. I've subsequently trained to be a yoga teacher. And uh, and I teach movement as medicine. That's what I do. Lovely. Wonderful. All we, about moving. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. Brilliant. So what would you say is or was... Oh, actually, sorry, Gail, let's, let's go into your question first. Okay, so... Right now then, um, Philippa, are you in perimenopause or in postmenopause? I'm well and truly postmenopause and, uh, yeah, having a whale of a time, actually, (laughs) (laughs) which is good, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm 56 in June and uh, and I was bang on that statistic of uh, the average age from women to encounter menopause, 51. That was that was my number. Um, uh, but, you know, unfortunately, the, the journey to get to that point was a little bit less fun, shall we say. And uh, and of course, you know, like a lot of us, that's brought me to where I am today, helping women navigate menopause symptoms with movement, essentially. Brilliant. So what would you say is or was the biggest challenge for you then in your working life? In my working life, it was memory uh, because I was working at that time in the National Health Service. Uh, admittedly, it was only part time. But we're under a lot of pressure. Um, I mentioned I've lived abroad, I've travelled, I've moved about. And so my career was quite fragmented. And I ended up returning to the health service uh, just at the start of my perimenopause journey. And actually, you know, I was totally unprepared for how I was going to feel and how difficult that was going to be. And, And one of the things that I really struggled with was sleep. So, and I think, you know, we we understand that sleep really affects us uh, on so many levels, our mood, 
and, uh, and it really doesn't help the perimenopausal symptom of uh, memory disruption, shall we say. So, uh, and I was really feeling anxious. That, that was the other thing. So I was feeling like I was worried I was going to forget something. So putting those two things together and working in a relatively high pressure environment where you know, you, you're always thinking, uh, if I did something wrong, that would come back and bite me, you know. And uh, and so forgetting things was just really causing me a lot of anxiety and, and worry. And, uh, and it was one of the things that sort of resulted in me leaving that environment because I was actually uh, not employed. I was a part-time temporary uh, worker on the bank, they call it, in the NHS. And so, you know, really, really little in the way of support. And uh, and to be honest, I wasn't seeking support because I didn't really realize that this was something that anybody could help me with, you know. And uh, so anyway, you know, it's a long story short. It, it brought me to where I am and this is in a good place. And so uh, and so, you know, we it's our journey, isn't it? And uh and we've all we're all on this journey, and uh, and sometimes we hit a bump in the ride. <laughs> we do, and I know for myself, I can identify with a lot of those symptoms. Sleep is just horrendous, and um, you just kind of you work through it. You, um, I think it's so much easier when you can work from home because you're not reliant on other people you can support yourself in a much better place but not all our listeners are working from home so that makes it harder and I know that that's where Gail comes in a lot of people that she works with are not working from home so it makes it more challenging as you say when you're in the place. Gail? Yeah no absolutely. So, so what did you do then Philippa you know you talk about not being able to not being sleeping well, but also the impact of that on your work. So what did you actually do to manage and cope with those symptoms? Well, I I think, you know, it was a quite a tangled web, actually, on reflection. But uh, the thing that I decided to do was I was kind of working two jobs. So I was working in a Pilates studio, teaching Pilates, uh, working with private clients and group classes, and really thoroughly enjoying that. And then the, the NHS physiotherapy work was in addition to that. And really, it got to the point where I was building up my Pilates practice, the thing that I loved. And it had got to the point where really I, I had two jobs, essentially. So uh, so I decided that it had come to that point where I could let one go. And I decided to focus on the thing that I absolutely love with a passion, uh, you know, and that's movement as medicine and Pilates was my uh, my pill of choice. So um, so that was how I dealt with it. But, uh, you know, from the point of view of what all the strategies that I was using at that time to cope with this um, insomnia that, to be honest, had kind of plagued me on and off through my whole of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, you know, just about everything I could throw at it. I was avoiding stimulants. So, you know, caffeine, where there was no caffeine, alcohol was definitely a factor. And so that was, uh, you know, off the agenda completely for me. Um, and, uh, and then in terms of, of movement, what I discovered around that time was Kundalini yoga. And uh, if anybody's ever tried that, it's it's got a very uh, characteristic breath 
pattern, which is in yoga generally, in, in most kinds of yoga, but it's called the breath of fire. And uh, and I, I don't know this breath of fire and doing the Kundalini yoga once a week just really seemed to have an impact on my insomnia like nothing else had. Um, and so, so that was something that I found really beneficial. Meditation was something that I, uh, you know, was doing on a regular basis. And actually, from my own experience, I would highly recommend that, you know, to bring down the, the cortisol levels, which impact on our sleep. Uh, we need to do meditation, not at bedtime, but actually earlier on in the day, mm -hmm. so that uh, this is then having the impact on the on the stress hormones that that then later on in the in the evening when we want to actually be tired and sleepy, that's going to facilitate that. So uh, so you know it seems a bit odd maybe to have a lie down in the morning, <laughs> but give it a shot if you have the opportunity even. You know, even seated meditation can be effective, uh, a moment to take a few breaths away from work. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was really those those approaches that I was uh, that I was adopting. Beautiful. And and really the message I'm hearing from you, Philippa, more than anything, is it was an awareness level that suddenly changed in you. It's It's like we get to this stage in our lives and we – we actually start maybe being more in touch with what's going on around us. So you were noticing the things that were impacting you and then you were allowing yourself to explore the things that could help you reduce the the impact of those things on your life. And it's like you say, the yoga, the breathing, the depth of that is that that's just really taking notice of what's going on around you and how it makes you feel. So I think that's really important. And the sound of the Kundalini yoga as well. Um, yeah, I could just sit here and I was just breathing in and out listening <laughs> to you. So um, it was a nice way to to hear how you've helped yourself with some of those symptoms. Well, well isn't you know, sorry, sorry. I'm just going to amazing how just a deep breath in and a long breath out can make such a difference to how you feel isn't it you know even if we just did that it would be a great start so yeah, yeah absolutely uh three rescue breaths we call mm -hmm. this if you could string mm -hmm. three together uh that is actually going to change the brain biochemistry so uh yeah for people who are busy and you know in workplaces you sometimes feel a little bit exposed if you're trying to uh, do practice your self-care techniques but three deep breaths nobody's going to notice no. that are there that's right and it's amazing the difference that it makes so you've shared some really great tips already but if you had to share three specific top tips for women who are going through the same experience or something similar, what would they be? Well, I think Gail alluded to that awareness, really. Um, this developing your spidey senses, I kind of call it. <laughs> um, you know, where I, it is actually something that I practice over a long period of time for various reasons. Um, but to to try and tune in to what your body is actually trying to tell you, you know, because our, we intuitively quite often know the answers to some of these questions. Uh, our busy lives might get in the way, but if we can tune in and, um, and, and, you know, maybe try and experiment, that's the other thing that I 
I sort of advocate for people is uh, don't be afraid to try something because particularly with these practices that are just food as medicine, you know, mindful approaches to life, there's little harm in any of that, you know. And so, so give it a try. What's And know that we are all unique. And, uh, you know, what works for somebody else, we can sometimes kind of get dragged into it, can't we? Oh, I tried this and it really helped. Well, maybe give it a try. But if it doesn't work for you, don't beat yourself up because we are completely different and different things will work for different people. I think that's one of the things that we've discovered more and more as we've been doing the podcast, how unique everybody's menopausal journey is. It mm. just affects in different ways everybody's got different ways of managing it and like you say that experimentation is going to um, make you feel like you're back in control of it so you can then manage your mindset around it yeah I suppose the thing for me is of course is in my research over the last three years uh, I've been really thrilled to know that uh, to discover and realize that movement there's really not one symptom of menopause that moving more will not help. So, you know, maybe the different kinds of movements are going to speak to different people is definitely something to consider. But for the most part, um, if if we can move just a little bit more every day, then, then our symptoms, um, you know, hot flushes, if that's something that you're struggling with, if you're a regular exerciser, your body is more able to thermoregulate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your ability to deal with temperature fluctuations is improved uh, just because we've increased our circulatory capacity. And uh, and so, you know, this the, it, it is actually, there's, there's every symptom of menopause we could talk about. There are movement approaches that could potentially help and you know and to know that that something so simple something that's really accessible as putting on your shoes and walking out the door uh can make a difference to how we feel every minute of every day uh and that gives us a little bit of you know the locus of control is with us mm -hmm. in that situation and that's empowering to know that we have this opportunity brilliant brilliant so philippa if you've learned one positive thing during your menopause journey what would you say it is well I think you know support from around this community is is so helpful because uh, I was I was a educated uh, woman in a professional working in a professional capacity not only that I was a you know a medical professional and this took me by surprise that should not be happening really still, you know, that, that we're not aware of, of what's coming and, and the skills that we need to, to manage that transition. And so, you know, I absolutely love the idea that we can support one another with our experiences, sharing our experiences and our knowledge and, um, and spreading this message that, you know, we don't have to feel horrible and that there are things we can do to to really enhance. And you know, the I'm actually, like I said to you, I'm having a ball. Uh, I, I'm doing something new, 
for the first time in my life, I'm embracing technology. I'm discovering skills I never knew I had. Uh, you know, my children, lucky for me, they're just about flying the nest and I've got time <laughs> for this stuff, you know. So uh, there's lots of positives. The The journey might be a bit bumpy, um, but if we if we can if we can really implement some of these things in our everyday lives, then we will ultimately reap the rewards. Beautiful. Mm, really lovely. lovely. Thank you, Philippa. And thank you for sharing your overall story with us on Mind Over Menopause. So just share with us now then your details and how listeners can find out more about you. Well, I'm I'm online. I'm on uh, lots of platforms we call them don't we um my business my business is called precision limited and uh, i'm precision.co.uk now i very cleverly spelt that with a z so (laughs) you have to put a z in it instead of an s um but yes uh you know find me on the internet www.precision.co.uk spelt with a z and uh, connect with me on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group where uh, we can get together and and share skills and knowledge and information and stories. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just love the idea that we are working together for the betterment of womankind. Uh, you know, this is just all I'm interested in, truthfully. Brilliant. Thank you. It's been lovely having you as a guest. Well, thank you so much, uh, and thank you for for your the work that you're doing to further the cause. Because you know, more power together, we're better together, aren't we? We are indeed. We are indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's show and the story our guest shared. Every woman's experience of menopause is different. Our aim is for you to feel inspired, know that you're not on your own, and choose to take back control. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or find out more about us and the work we do, you'll find all the details in the show notes. As a gift, you can also download a free extract from our book. Ruby and I look forward to sharing your story soon.